Hi, I'm Derek Thompson. Does the news feel overwhelming to you these days? There's a pandemic, then there's inflation, and also this crypto thing. It's way too much to keep track of. That's why my podcast, Plain English, breaks down the news twice a week. Short, sweet, and surprising. It's everything you need to know with key insights you won't forget. Listen to Plain English free on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Hello and welcome everybody to the Ringer Reality TV Podcast. I'm Jummy Dineron, social media coordinator at TheRinger.com, and I'm here, as always, with Ringer staff writer Jody Walker to talk about episodes 9 through 12 of The Circle. Jody, we're coming down to the end. How do you feel? Jomi, I feel more confused than ever. This is maybe the weirdest reality show on television and streaming platforms. Uh, and that is really saying something for Netflix's reality television programming. I can't wait to get into it. I'm so confused as to what is going to happen with these finalists. I find it almost impossible to strategize anything, as do they. <laughs> so I really relate to the players about that. And I, I can't wait to get your expertise. Hey, I'm ready to tap in. If you've been loving the season, just like we have, Please do not forget to check out our recap of the last four episodes, which at the tail end includes an interview with Trevor and Delisa, a.k.a. the champ of Circle Season 2. You ready, Jody? I'm ready. I just want to give that interview one more plug. What a delightful couple. What a delightful interviewer in Jomi. It's a great listen. It, it really was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun talking to them. All right, let's go. Circle and her group chat. So we're left off, and Brew has to make a choice between Carol and Alyssa. And drumroll, please. He picks Carol. He gives the antivirus to Carol and saves Mama Carol. And Alyssa is left devastated. Oh, she's so devastated. <laughs> she did not see this coming. Apparently, no one saw this coming, and no one can believe it's Alyssa. Everybody was so shocked. Everybody was like, oh, my God, Yuling, most of all. And my thing is, they should have been trying to get Alyssa out. She was a huge threat. She, like, had written down every single thing that had happened in this game so far, and she had told them that. I I <laughs> I will continue to talk about this, but I, I don't understand what these people consider strategy and what they don't consider strategy and whether strategy is a good thing or whether it's a bad thing. But yeah. poor Brew, he was faced with a true Sophie's choice of the circle. And as he said later, it was like choosing between his girlfriend and his mom. And like a true mama's boy, he chose his mom, who is in fact his peer, a 24-year-old young man. <laughs> Actually, younger than him, probably. Right, right. Yeah, he's like his little cousin. <laughs> really? No, so Alyssa got sent to the cribbo, and now she's got to go, you know, see somebody. You know, the circle likes to play those little games. And of course, she goes to see Brew, and they, they hit it off a little bit, huh? They, they start a little, you know, a little chatty, you know what I'm saying? A little, 
little flirty here, a little flirting there. I see the vision. I see it. I see it. I see it. It feels like all of these final chats are flirty. Like, it feels like that's kind of the only option. I'm just waiting for someone to go in and be angry. But like, even Alyssa, who seemed legitimately hurt, like her feelings were hurt. She got betrayed by her closest allies. Like, Brew was the one to make the final cut, chose his circle mom over his circle girlfriend. And she goes in there and she's like, hey, Alyssa's here. Let's chat. (laughs) Okay, Jomi, answer me this. Do you think this conversation would have gone differently if Brew was even like half a percentage less cute? Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. Nah. If Brew looked like me, he would have got he would have got fought. They would have had to they would have had to fight. He would have been like, bro, what what's wrong with you, bro? What are you doing, man? You sent me home, man. Now, I mean, I I understand though, you know. Brew, you know, she she understood. Like they were mad. Both of them were mad at Yu Ling. Yeah, for getting that, that's them put what in really that ends up bonding them, right? Is yeah. that like at least they can agree that this is Yu Ling's fault. I think Alyssa like understands that Brew is faced with a really hard decision between herself and Carol. And ooh, you you were saying it last time, and I was standing up for Yu Ling, and I will stand up for Yu Ling until the very end. I do not mm. think that this was necessarily a bad decision on Yu Ling's part. In fact, I think it was a good decision. She's clearly considered to stay. She's continued to stay at the top. It's not a bad decision. It's bad the way she defends it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the that's the that's the part that got me right. It's like it's not really like I understand what you're trying to like. I understand the your larger point, but the the mental gymnastics you're using to get there, I'm not I'm not buying it. I don't see it, you know. But sh- I want to give you some credit, Jody. I want to shout you oh, out. I'm always ready for credit. Give it to me, Jody. You said multiple times <laughs> that. We know Carol's a catfish, but it does not matter. As long as she is on your side, doesn't matter who they are behind the screen. As long as they're with you, it's cool. And Brew and and Alyssa literally said that in their chat. Because it makes sense. I think that like this season, because specifically of John playing Mama Carol and the way that this has gone and how quickly it was sort of obvious that she was a catfish, but how much everyone liked her is exposing this sort of like structural flaw in the circle, which is that there's like no real reason for a catfish to be a bad thing. At one point during these these last four episodes, Alyssa says, you know, that the bottom line is like, if someone is a catfish, fish that's already a deception but it's not really because like you look at someone like Nathan who is naturally deceptive and is being a catfish but he could kind of be doing that as Nathan because if you if we're going to get real philosophical if you look at the opposite side of that coin that there is something fundamentally deceptive about a catfish then that suggests that there is something fundamentally honest about a non-catfish and that's just not mm, true Jody's razor wow <laughs> That's right. I think that in future seasons of The Circle, there needs to be some sort of like larger incentive to be a catfish because you're taking a much bigger risk, I think. Like, I don't really understand why anyone would go in as a catfish, even though there's this whole like, it's if your personality is going to be better as a catfish, then it's smarter. But it's still not really because the moment you get exposed as a catfish... For some reason, people just want to take you out unless they're Brew or myself and playing the smart (laughs) game. (laughs) Not necessarily, ultimately. But uh, yeah, I think there needs to be like some sort of monetary incentive or something that that makes it more dishonest to come in as a catfish or that just that makes that twist make a little more sense to me. But it's also just fun and that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a blast, right? We find ourselves in the group chat the night after. And Ulyssa's like, hey, it's not Bruce's fault. I'm laying the blame at the feet of Yu Ling. And the circle chat goes nuts. Oh, it's going wild. People people are hearting things. People are double exclamation point replying to text messages. Like, it is getting tense in there. And Alyssa goes for it. To be fair, she calls Brew out by name in a positive way. Says, you know, like, she's, you know, Brew, Brew had her back and she understands that he was put in a very 
hard decision. She doesn't say Yuling's name, but that almost makes it worse because everyone yeah. is left to like create yeah. their own answer in their mind of who she's saying is the one person she trusted most. Most that's the one person that betrayed her. And this is where I think Yuling's like fatal flaw really comes in, is that she somehow it's like she's not even to herself not copying to what she did. She can't see that like she is the reason that it trickled down to this decision. And that's fine. I just think it would have been, she, ha- she just like Bruce, she also had to make a hard decision. I just think it would have been better if she like owned up to that it was a difficult decision and she went one way and, but instead she kind of, she kind of tries to blame it on Brew over and over. Nuts. Just, I just don't understand. Like if, if you cop to it, we'd be like, ah, right, you, you know, we, we get it. You know, you Frank put you in a tough position. We understand. But for her to just like, you know, and we, in the in the in the circle chat, she was like, ah, we're not really, you know, we don't want to talk about that. We're just sad Alyssa left, da da da. And Carol, aka John, is like, hold on now. I feel like some trust has been broken. We've broken some lines and they go at it in the circle chat in a way that like, okay, we talked about early in the season, like where's the, where's the drama? Where's the little feistiness? It here it is. Here. We found it. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> we found it. They went it. at each other. Yeah. I mean, Mama Carol went into full Mama Bear mode and was going to kind of it protect Alyssa by not really letting Yuling get away with this. And she says, you know, we've lost this trust. And Yuling comes out and says, Carol, read the room. <gasps> That's pretty, that Ooh. was pretty straightforward. Yeah. I just, you can't, I, again, not to not to get on this Yuling agenda again. You? <laughs> but how, how, like, what do you want people to say? <laughs> Like, yeah. what do you want from people in this moment? Like, I understand, like, you don't you don't want them to talk about you, like, obviously. Right. right? But that's what people are going to do, especially when Alyssa has basically thrown down the gauntlet and was like, hey, listen, somebody left me out here to dry. You know, you got to be careful who to trust. You know, Nathan as- just asserts like, oh, that's you, Link, clearly. And, you know, puts it all together. And so, yeah, you're going to be the person that everybody's looking at now. To be like, why did you leave this person? You're apparently your closest alliance out to dry. Can you actually be trusted? Of course, that's going to be the conversation. Right. Of course, it's going to be the conversation. But the other side of that is like, where does Carol get off being like, we've lost trust in this chat? The goal of this game is to vote each other out. That is literally what you've come here to do. And Frank says something like, you can't trust everybody. And it's Frank's game is so interesting because he he plays very emotionally, but he seems to have this like innate understanding that you choose who you choose. And Yuling made a choice. And what's what's true is that that half of this group is mad about that choice. But what they're trying to say is that she is dishonest by having made that choice. But the other side of that is very obviously that she was more loyal to Rachel and Frank than she was to... And I mean, yeah, that's dishonest, but everyone is being dishonest to some extent if they are playing the game well. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 really true. And so Yulene goes and tries to, you know, repair that com- repair that relationship with Brew. You know, they go to Circle Chat and they have a conversation. And, you know, it honestly, I was like, okay, like I, I, I see I see what's occurred here. You know, I, I understand what has happened. You know, Brew is just kind of like not trying to, you know, make a mess out of it because, you know, he, you know, had to make the big decision. And so Yulene, you know, tells herself that she had to pick Rachel to earn Frank's trust. You know, like she tells us what, you know, we already, you know, we already knew, but like hearing her say that is like, okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. She says it to herself, but that's not what she says to Brew. No. She tells Brew <laughs> that she chose Rachel because Rachel was newer. And so she thought that was the only way to save Rachel, where she was relying on what she calls the ripple effect or like the trip, the trickle down effect to save Alyssa because she's thought that there were so many other people that would save Alyssa that she didn't have to. But Brew rightfully points out, 
what if he hadn't gotten saved? Like, she didn't have a plan because she had no control over what happened next. And I think that that's something that she did kind of need to cop to. And yet somehow... That would have made me mad if I were Brew, but they leave this conversation on like pretty good terms, which I was surprised yeah, like by. Yeah, Brew not trying to. He not I trying think Brew is pretty problems. conflict avoidant. <laughs> yeah, he's not trying to get no problems, man. Like that's really what it's he, about. He's also in kind of like a bad place where at this point, exactly. Mama Carol's his only alliance, and she doesn't have a lot of friends, and he's on the bottom, and he needs to keep who he can. She not she not trying to catch the smoke. Like that's not what Brew's about, and so for me. What I took out of this was like Yuling admitting to herself that she did that for Frank. That's like cool because that that means you understood what it was you was getting yourself into. You know, you know, maybe not in the moment you realized it, but at least you know at some point you were, you figured it out. Like okay, yeah, that was, that was my bad. And so I can I can live with that. Me and Yuling ain't got beef no more. We're cool now. Yeah, yeah, it's we'll see, Jomi. I got my eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get. I'm going to skip the fast food game because that was dumb and we don't have to talk about that. Okay, but it was, cra- you can, but it was crazy that Yuling ran like twice as much. With do you want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about that? Because that is, just, that is, like, we'll just do it real, real quick. quick. Real quick. So there's a fast food game. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but me and Jody have like the same, like, <laughs> weird, like, note, we noticed the same thing, which is that Yuling. <laughs> They get these little Fitbits and they're separated onto teams and whichever whichever of the two teams gets the most like mileage in gets a little reward. And of all the people there, all these long-legged big people working out every day, Yuling <laughs> literally doubles the distance of all of them. Of all of them. And at first I was like, this is insane. Are these other people just being like lazy or is she just like so, I mean, she, you know, she is like pretty high intensity and she's dancing around and stuff. But I think it's that her legs are so small that she actually had more room to move around the surface area. That's exactly what it was. Okay. That's exactly That's just what physics. it was. That's just classic physics. It's just it's just really Circle a math physics. problem. Yeah. And no, she, it's a numbers she beat game. the case. Yeah, she she beat the cases. She had really had a lot more room to run than Brew and and Imani and, and Everson and all those people. Like But as far as strategic <laughs> games go, this one's a real bust. What what oh, are we yeah. doing here? <laughs> Gotta get you. Gotta get your steps in. You know. Gotta get that. You do one way or another. Gotta get those circles closed. You know. We follow that up with Rachel, Yuling, and Imani have a little girls chat, have a little conversation about you know who they find cute in the circle, like what's going on. Yuling mentions her thing with Nathan. Imani, you know, is like, "Hey, me and Everson, you know, little thing, thing." Rachel doesn't really have anybody, but Rachel, you know, she's not she's not here for the circle for that. She's here for the hundred fifty k. You know, what I'm saying she she's laser focused. Yeah. Or what it is she wants and Imani, to do. And Trevor as Imani like loves when she says that. Like, you know, who yeah, that's not what I'm or whatever, whatever she says. I'm just so fascinated throughout this group chat at how good at like girl talk Trevor as Imani is. And it's not just that he's good at it, he loves it. He is like having the time <laughs> of his life talking about these boys. At one point, he's like, This is so fun. He's he live, he li- he's living his best life. Like, he's, really. he's just really having a great time playing wingman and encouraging Yuling to go into those DMs, encouraging himself to get into Everson's DMs eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like really cute. And, you know, Trevor came in late. Trevor came in as a catfish. And so even though like people who have watched past seasons have some familiarity with him because his wife played him, I was feeling a little distant from him until... This episode, when his like girl chat really gets to come out, and I feel like I know him and Amani better. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. Everson, in meanwhile, taps in with Carol, and he's just like, I want to get to know Chris- hashtag Christmas Carol, and he just wants to, he wants to tell a, a nice, you know, funny story to to Carol, and they 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 have like that fun bit where. You know, Everson sees a picture of the mom with of Kara with the wine. He's like, I know she was out there in Italy, got a little drunk, da da da. And then John tells him exactly that, exactly that story, word for word. 
And it's awesome. It's Everson like- <laughs> read Carol's ticket. Like he knew exactly <laughs> what was going on there. This conversation is so funny though, because like in comparison to a lot of the other conversations, it's not very deep. And these are like two very different people or at least two very different characters they're playing. And so mostly what they're doing is just talking in puns nonstop and like calling each other nicknames. Christmas Carol. She says he's got Everson energy. Everson says you have a friend in E. It's just like all puns. And it's at this point that I realized <laughs> that I truly could not go on the circle because I'm not good at puns. Like, I'm just not good at... I'm I'm a long-form writer. Like, I'm not good at little jokey hashtags like that. And it's really, like, an important aspect of endearing yourself to other people on this show. Yeah. Yeah, I work in social. That's my, that's my, that's my day job. And even I'm like, guys, come on. What, what, what are we doing here? Okay, but so, Jomi, <laughs> as someone who, like, actually has to utilize hashtags as an important part of their job, does it ever bother you that these hashtags mean literally nothing? That they're like, just I'm, doing it, and it it's not for grouping or for, like, categorizing something. It's just, like, these are some words that I've chosen to put together. See, like, ever since Circle... Chris, or ever since Christmas Carol hashtag... It's nice. Like, that's, oh, that's cute. Like, that's sweet. Like, I understand. You're referring it like, to one person. I get it. But they just be wilding sometimes. <laughs> and just... I just be like, hashtag too cool for school. I'm like, guys, we don't, we don't need this. You could, you could keep it pushing, you know? Where we go to a chat between Frank and Imani. And it's like you said, hearing Imani, Trevor as Imani, just like, go back and forth with people is it's really fun and and he really they, gets into it with frank because frank really is also to, yeah. very good at the chat and at like being funny and they start talking about dating and what does frank say he's like he's like even the last pringle he's talking about that he's you know still looking for his match he's not dating anyone right now and he says even the last pringle in the can gets eaten and i'm going to get eaten honey <laughs> Wild. No, that's a Wild. wordsmith. That's a wordsmith. He doesn't. He doesn't need a like a loose random hashtag. He knows. He knows how to use his words wisely. No, ma'am. No ham. No turkey. No bacon. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know, but I'm gonna say it. Pros bars. That's bars. I'm gonna make it my little about me on Twitter right now. It's going on Instagram. I'm. I'm gonna steal it. And Trevor, you know, in his. In his apartment, just like wow, like if you don't like this guy, frankly, you don't have a soul, and I think that's true. I think that's why he, we. He really literally love that guy. looks like he's about to cry at the end of that conversation because he's like so moved by what a wonderful person Frank is, which seems to be the effect that Frank has on most of these conversations. It's like whether they're deep or kind of funny, people just walk away like wow, that's a great genuine guy, and it's so interesting to see that be. Frank's strategy in comparison to some of these other strategies. And I just have this feeling, you know, I'm a survivor watcher, which has been on air forever. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times when new people come on Survivor, they say they want to play the game like a certain person who's come before them, who was like such a, you know, such a certain specific kind of player that then they become like this archetype. And I feel like Frank is going to become an archetype of how you play the circle. Like he's the like heart-driven, honest, but also like stable sort of archetype. I just, yeah, he's just coming so strong that I like get that, get that feeling that people are going to be like, oh, I'm going to come in and play like Frank. Unfortunately, Frank feels like a real one of a kind kind of guy. So I think people are going to come in and be like, I'm going to play like Frank, but they're not going to be able to pull it off as well. No, 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 no. Frank, his energy just like radiates. And so that's why everybody, you know, everybody gravitates to him. And then we uh, get left with, I, I can't even put into words how much this conversation bothered me. Jomi, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> we are, we have to, course, We got to do our job. We got to do our job. We are journalists. We are circle journalists. And we have to talk about Yuling and Nathan's private chat flirting late at night. Yuling slides oh into goodness. the DMs after Nathan has brushed his teeth. I mean, it's like time for the creepy big brother lights to be manually turned <laughs> off at the circle apartments. And Yuling slides into Nathan's DMs with an emoji. Then, a dog. Well, so so here's the thing, right? I'll give her this. That is interesting. Like That's cool. Like, if a girl did that to me, 
Like, oh, here's a dog, red emoji. Oh, wow. Um, I feel like I, lo- I lost my dog in here. Is it okay if I grab him? Like, oh, cool. That's okay. I that's clever. Right? It is. I, it's kind of cute. It's kind of clever. But Jomi, can I tell you where my mind went? Which I don't know if we're allowed to say this on the Ringer reality feed. I'll try to be discreet, but I couldn't believe she didn't use a cat, which would have been. Uh- a lot more scandalous. And, and, but you like, she is pretty scandalous. And I was just like shocked. I was like, either she thought that was too far, it just didn't occur to her, or she's really not a cat person, which is also possible. But she slides in with the dog emoji. Thank goodness. Because if we'd started at the cat level and had to escalate from there, who knows what would have happened. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. Look. And then they go into... A flirt session that I only described is seventh grade level. Like um, legitimately There's a lot of talk about taking off clothes nah, for it to be seventh grade level. <laughs> no, he like they just literally like, wow, wait, like basically like, wow, you're in bed with your clothes off without me. And I'm like, dude, come on. Ugh. What are we doing? We could have used like, a little more on? finesse. But to like, be fair, neither one of them want to be doing this. Like Nathan especially doesn't want to be doing it because he actually has a girlfriend and like doesn't know how to do this. Every time someone describes Nathan as like more smooth than you would expect from a 22-year-old, I'm like, what are we talking about? Are we watching the no same game. thing? No game. He might as well be like reading out of a like, you know, like a a Reddit playbook of like <laughs> it's really, really bad. Uh yeah. So they, they talk about what they're wearing. They talk about uh, I don't know. I think my mind has actually repressed most of it, but they they end the conversation by Nathan saying, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to sleep after this. And honestly, Nathan, I agree. I don't know how I'm ever supposed to sleep again with these the <laughs> thought of these two flirting in my mind. It's so nice. Thankfully, thankfully, thank God, ever since little circle cruise in the morning gets rid of all those a nice little mind cleanse. Right, gets all those bad vibes. It's a little little fun game, you know? It was yeah, cool it's like very adorable to... that absolutely no one needs to be doing this and they could just lie <laughs> and say that they had put on seven items of clothing or say that they had found a chicken and then made the noise. But they don't. They all do it because I imagine they're bored as hell. So thank goodness for Everson, the cruise ship director. Now, they're, they're better than me. I would have just been like, yeah, I did it. You know, two seconds later. Like, what do you oh, yeah. know what I'm doing all here? You know, you gotta use win. that to your advantage. You gotta save those steps for when you have to put on your little Apple Watch and run around the house for a different game, right? But it gives us a conversation with with Frank and Brew. And at first, Brew is not like he's not really interested. He's not really into it. But Frank, yeah, it's interesting that they haven't talked in so long. Like they seem to at this point have very little connection. And they're two of like the originals. They've been there a long time, and they've just sort of lost their way to one another. Yeah, but when Frank calls. You know, when when Brew calls Frank a ray of sunshine, it opens them up and they start to talk. They talk about Frank's parents and how, you know, Brew is legitimately like inspired by Frank. And they just go on together. It's like, okay, like where where was this energy like a couple of episodes ago? You know, like you guys like Brew, you really could have used Frank. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Yeah, it's it's interesting that Brew is the one who's kind of closed off to it because it seems like maybe Brew should have been the one approaching Frank more than the other way around. But, you know, whoever knows what's going on. But I think that Frank really, like, is genuine and honest about these times when he decides to open up. It's when he, like, feels safe to open up and he's not sort of, like, doing it as gameplay or doing it as a strategy. And he... Maybe he can kind of sense that Brew's like a little down and a little like also in a vulnerable place. And that's when he decides to share with Brew how he lost his parents very early and then he lost his grandparents very recently. And, you know, just the the effect that that's had on how he lives his day-to-day life. Um, And Brew, once again, extremely moved by Frank and leaves this conversation crying. Look, Frank is a force of nature. He is. That's really what it is. Frank is going, you know, you come in there like, I want to fight Frank. And be like, Frank, would you be the best man at my wedding? Like, <laughs> that's the type of man, that's the type of person Frank is. Yeah. And you got to respect it. You got to yeah. respect it. You got to respect it. And you got to give him a little money to rent tux because you, you should be so lucky to have him <laughs> right? at your wedding. <laughs> exactly. We follow that up with the conversation between Imani and Everson. 
Trevor is in the hot tub. Oh, talk, talk about like a change in vibe of going from <laughs> that Frank and Brew conversation <laughs> to this Imani Everson. <laughs> now, let me be clear. I was so much more comfortable with this flirting oh, than I was with the other. This is what happens when like at least one of the like at least one of the per- people in the flirt session has some game. Yeah. You know? And it's, Trevor it's really nice. and Everson both have game. Are they completely confused about what they're doing and who they're doing it with? Yes. Does a lot of the conversation revolve around plays on the word breast? Also, yes. But somehow it is still way better. So much more like interesting and like even, yeah, like you said, like way too much chicken breast talk for me. Like, I'm a... <laughs> I'm a I'm a dark meat man myself. I'm a thigh guy. No, see, that's a good line, Jomi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm write that down. Hold on, let me just give me one second. Yeah. Let me get my scribble, pen and paper out. Scribble that down into your notes app. No, I will say real quick that like for as great as Trevor has been doing at playing a woman, he had one slip up here where I thought like if he'd done it with a woman, they may have noticed. Maybe he says that he's in a two piece which is like a word that you use, I think, like when you're younger, but especially if you're flirting, you're going to call it a bikini because that's just like a lot sexier than saying two-piece. He's like, I'm in this hot tub in my two-piece, which always makes me think of like one of those old striped bathing suits from the, I don't know, it's just like language-wise, I thought it was like a little off, but... But it didn't. It did not affect Everson. He got that mental nah. image of Imani in a bikini in his head real quick. Man, man, was man was only had one thing on his mind. He was not. He was not thinking about all language between like, hey, man, would she use two piece of message? Nah. No, 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 even, no, not even <laughs> a thought. Not. Imani, Imani set him up and they knocked it down. Right. It's ratings time. Things are moving quick. It's all coming together. So Rachel and Frank put Yuling first in that ranking. Carol puts Brew first, and it's reciprocated. You know, we're we're trying to get the people that you like at the top. We understand. Everson puts Imani first because, you know, he put a little game on, you know what I'm saying? That was like, that's my favorite of you. Boom. Nathan puts Rachel first, but then Rachel puts him fourth. Oh, which you know <laughs> tough, I love. You know I love it scene. every time. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Hey, listen, as Nathan's number one hater, I me too. It was great. Um, okay, I don't know when we decided that. I don't know when we had a democratic vote of that, <laughs> Jomi, because I would like to be in contention. <laughs> we can both be Nathan's number one. Hater. Okay, co-presidents. Both co-presidents of the Nathan Hate Club. That's that's us. Yuling puts Bruce second after their conversation, which is really, which is really cool. You know, they they talked, they hash it out, and for her to put him second, so you know maybe he could get on top of the ratings is is pretty cool. And then the results drop at eight, and at the bottom, mm. Mama Carol. Whoa! It's tough. It's oh, tough. how the great catfish have fallen. Mm. Seven, it's Nathan. Very much deserved. Oh, how the non-great catfish have not fallen. <laughs> Six, we have Brew. Tough scene. It's tough. I know. those th- And those three are kind of an alliance. Carol, Nathan, and yep. Brew. And they are dead last. Hey, ugh, tough. You have Everson at five, Imani at four, Rachel at three, which leaves Yuling at two, and our guy, Frank, at number one. This man is on a tear. Okay, now he is, but Jomi, let's also acknowledge that Yu Ling is on a bit of a tear. That's true. That's true. She, well, she was getting I, talked smack about in that group chat, and she's still true. number that's two. True. I was shocked. I was like, she did a I was lot of damage control. Like, Frank being number one, like, did not shock me, right? You know, this guy's just like consistently, everybody loves him. Yu Ling being at two. Despite all the nonsense that occurred earlier, it's just like, man, that's a powerful personality. And yeah, these are you two, Frank it. and Yuling have both been influencers before, and yep. here they are again. 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 That's it's it speaks to the level of game they're playing. They're both playing very, very good games. We now head into the influencer chat. And Frank and Yuling have to save two people each and then choose between the last two. This is new. There's no like real debate. There's no, you know, 
I don't know. We have to both pick one person to say or one person to eliminate. They just have to pick two people. Each. Yeah. And they have to do it like right now. And they have to do it publicly in front. Everyone ha- sees their decision in the group chat. So they're really, really playing with the structure of this, uh, of the influencers power in this particular ranking. Mm-hmm. So Yuling, credit to her, saves Brew. She you know? does. Frank goes first and saves Rachel. Right? He gets first choice as the top the influencer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Yuling is faced with a big decision yet again, and this time to prove her allegiance, which I think this is a really smart move. She chooses Brew as her first choice. Then that's smart. Yeah. Very smart. Very smart. Um, Frank saves Imani. And then Yuling saves Nathan. Well, (laughs) which to be fair, I mean, yeah. So that leaves that leaves the bottom two as Everson and Carol. And I guess Yuling is not gonna choose she's definitely not gonna choose Carol, her sworn and mortal enemy. And she doesn't know Everson that well. And she has spent a lot of late night chats with Nathan. I just I do not support <laughs> this circle ship. Uh, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> Nathan anybody doesn't does. even support this circle ship. No, he wants exactly. out. He is in over his head. In a cruel twist of fate, they make Everson and Carol wait together in the in a room. So Everson is in the, a hilarious like fir- twist of fate. Everson's right? the first person to to see Mama Carol's true form as John. It is. It's like shocked. Just cannot believe it. It's like, He's I the thought- only one who would have been shocked. So maybe that's why they did that. It's like they want one shocked reaction, and it was ever since. He was like, I thought for sure I was talking to uh, you know, uh old, you know, Italian lady. You're like, bruh, it was just you who thought that, man. Yeah. It was literally just you. Can't believe that. And very obviously, Frank and Euling decide to send Carol packing. You know, and it's like, ah, you know, the guy, you know, he had a, he started off pretty strong, but toward the end there, it just wasn't it just wasn't going down for our guy. It wasn't it wasn't time. No, it's sad. It's sad to see Mama Carol go. It's impressive. The game that John played as her. Um, It's fun to see the reveal as people. Well, let's see. Um. Carol gets to. He, g- he gives advice to Everson, and he's like, he's trying to get, he's trying to turn Everson, Yuling, he's trying to turn Everson onto Yuling, right? Yeah. Which is is weird because Everson was fifth, Yuling was second. You know, I, I guess you could try to drum up some drama there, but I kind of feel like Yuling has like the power and the people to snuff out anything like that. So I wouldn't have done that, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would let that slide. And then the rest of the circle find out that Carol, you know, they know for a fact that Carol is not Carol. It's actually her son, John. And everybody is like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We- they all have like a lot of funny things that they say about the way that he looks. Like, uh, I think Bruce said that he like looks like he would be in Queen and someone like compares him to <laughs> Jon Snow. And just like, yeah. all these like. I don't think about John's hair being really that long, but it seems to be like the first pe- thing that everyone notices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really it's really fun. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Brew, you, Ling, and Frank have a chat. And it's so sweet. It's so yeah, nice. Yeah, it's nice to like have these three in a room together. They've been with us a long time. They're the three original ones. And they basically, even though they, you know, have at times been at odds with each other, they basically tell one another that like, they feel like family to each other now. They all are really big proponents of chosen family. Frank opens up, or or, or he's already opened up to both of these people about his family. Um, and so they just have like another nice chat that I believe once again involves tears um, and real emotional bonding and then immediately transitions into one of the most chaotic circle games I've oh. ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Portrait mode. Let's let's talk about this for a second. Like they each have 30 minutes to paint a portrait of the person assigned to them by the circle. Right? Brew gets Rachel. Rachel gets Imani. Imani gets Nathan. Nathan gets Frank. Frank gets Everson. Everson gets Yuling. And Yuling paints Brew. Right. And so let's just start off. Brew paints Rachel spilling the tea. Right. And yeah. it's like it's like a little like, sassy, but not that oh, bad. Oh, let's remind. It's all anonymous, by the way. Nobody yes. knows who is painting who, right? Right. Nobody knows who's painting who. So. so it's an opportunity to maybe expose someone that you've been wanting to expose or to cast a little suspicion on someone, whether you're really suspicious of them or not. Yeah, yeah. And so Yuling painting brew as, you know, a strawberry boobarb, really nice and cute. And it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Rachel paints Imani. It's like a sexy mama. Looks like a Terminator. It is kind of weird, but, you know, she's being, she's being, she's being kind. Yeah. Right. And it was Frank, one of the better paintings of the group. Yes. <laughs> yes. Frank paints Everson on a cruise and it, it's cool. You know, it's like, you know, you don't know much about to do, but you know, he, he's fun. He's on a cruise. You know, you just go with what you know. And that's like, you know, real, you know, real nice, real sweet. We start to veer into a little, uh, little spicy there. Brew paints Rachel spilling the tea. Um, it's kind of cute. It's it's kind of mean, you know, but not really like. Take... I wouldn't say it's mean. It's cheeky. Yeah. It's like it's Rachel cheeky, yeah. does spill the tea, and he's kind of giving people the opportunity to take that how they want. Is Rachel out there like gossiping? Does she have people's names in her mouth, or is she just out there kind of like you know being honest and floating ideas? Exactly. It's not. It's not the. It's not the worst thing. Imani paints Nathan, and this is a good one. And it says, "Am I twenty-two or forty-five? And the painting that the forty-five-year-old has on his side of the painting is the same one Nathan has in his closet. Yeah, Nathan goes and pulls out a shirt that looks exactly <laughs> like the one that Imani has painted him as wearing. And I thought this was pretty impressive. Not the the like being a shirt psychic thing. I mean, that was fun, but you know, Imani hasn't been there that long, and there really hasn't been a lot of discussion about whether Nathan is a catfish or not. And so, for Trevor as Imani to have already kind of caught onto that, and then to like really bring it into the circle zeitgeist. Um, I thought he used this game, or, or sorry, she, Amani, used this game the best, mm. personally. Because mm. then I, things got a little darker. Oh. Oh. You ain't said nothing but a word. Nathan doesn't even paint Frank. Not even nothing, not even close. It's just a painting of a snake that says Nikes, nicest snake in town and backstabber in big letters on the painting. All Nathan is trying to do is, is assassinate Frank's character. That's it. His game plan is to take down the people at the top by casting down suspicion. And I... <laughs> I just cannot believe like what he thought that would accomplish in well, the so eyes of the people. This is the thing that 
bothers me about Nathan. I think there are plenty of things to be bothered about Nathan, but Nathan has this very specific, very aggressive strategy. And he's he said it a lot in these games. And he says in this game, I don't understand the logic of not using anonymous mode to try and attack someone. But that's not always the right strategy. Like, mm. this doesn't make sense for Frank. I don't think people are really suspicious that he is like an out-and-out out snake. And so it is is anonymous, so it doesn't necessarily reflect horribly on Nathan, but it also doesn't accomplish a lot. And then you look at someone like Yuling, who's trying to fix her relationship with Brew, and so she paints this very positive picture of Brew, and she also makes it really obvious that it's her because she's so creative and artistic. Like, that's a reason to not be aggressive in anonymous mode is to use it to your advantage in a different way. Uh, so there's just not always a reason. And I think captain of the not always a reason club is ultimately Everson, who paints you Ling in if we're being extremely generous, what is supposed to be a depiction of the picture of her eating corn in her in her profile, which is like always one that people remember. But ultimately, this picture ends up looking crazy. And like, it, it makes her look like what a number of people on the show say is like a demon. Her teeth look crazy. My first thought was like, Gollum is kind of what it looked like. And then there are all these words scribbled all over the page in like sociopath handwriting that are like accusing her of, um, it was, I can't, I, fake no, I can't flirt, remember. Yeah, fake flirt, player. Just all, all kinds of things. What did you think about this painting, Jomi? I think Rachel if we said can it call best. it that. Rachel said it best. This is evil. This is bad energy. It, right. Legit. Bad energy was exactly right. It was like the moment it came on the screen, it seemed so much different than all the other ones. It, it was it was very dark, like a very dark energy. And that's what it was so weird that it came from Everson because he doesn't have a dark energy or he didn't mm. until now. <laughs> it was the painting is legitimately haunting. Um, right. I I honestly like went to sleep that night and was like, I don't know if like this is for me right now, you know? Like the way it's depicted and the way it looks like maybe ever since just a bad artist. Maybe that's what it is. You know, and that's what I'm really hoping that it is. Right. He's definitely a bad artist. And I think you have to take that into account when you go into painting a picture is it's like, can I accomplish <laughs> what I'm attempting to accomplish here? And if it starts depicting a young woman to truly look like a haunted demon, maybe flip the page, man. Maybe turn yeah. it over. Start again. Yeah. Do a stick you know, figure. Get that, yeah, get that white out on there. Buddy. Teeth are like, notoriously hard. Teeth and hands. And uh, <sighs> maybe next time. Yeah, it wasn't that was not it. And it definitely left a taste, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And we we follow up with Rachel and Imani. They have a chat because Rachel's like, hey, that picture sucked. Man, like I, I hated that. Yeah. And so, you know, she went to Imani's like, hey, like, what's going on? Imani, it's like, no, nah, man, like I like Rachel, I like Yuling. It's cool. Whatever that thing was, like, don't don't worry about it. Somebody just being mad, somebody just being a hater. Like, don't don't stress about it too much. Which was really nice, you know, for money. And it's good for it's good for Trevor's game. But you know, you want to help somebody out when they when they feel mad uncomfortable. <laughs> and then, speaking of uncomfortable, Brew Imani Everson have a conversation. Brew invites Imani and Everson yeah. to a group yeah. chat and quickly discovers that he is not necessarily welcome in this group chat because they start flirting right in front of Brew immediately. Oh, listen, my brother Brew, I understand. I've been a third world multiple times, many a time. It's never fun. The key is knowing when it's time to eject and say goodbye. Be like, you, uh, well, dang, I got to... Man, I got this phone call, man. I just, I tried to. But what's Brew gonna do? He invited them here to this wonderful (laughs) game of two truths and a lie. And then he's gonna come in and say, Lizzo asked me on a date one time. Now I gotta go. You two enjoy each other's company. No, he's gotta stick it out for their two truths and a lie so that he can hear Everson say to Imani, a real kicker of a line, I thought you said you weren't a mom. You trying to be one? 
That's cr- that's that's really nuts to say, like in front of everybody, bro. In front of company, that's oh, that's a wild yeah. thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Save that's that for the private chat. Wild. You gotta come on, bro. The face that Brew makes, like I if I if you've already watched these episodes, I want you to go back and watch Brew's face. He is so gin. Brew's someone that you like don't see look uncomfortable a lot. He's kind of like a laugher, and he's so goofy. He looks mortified hearing ev- <laughs> reading Everson say this to Amani. But not Amani. I mean, they're both fine with it. They live. They in are their on one page, life. and Brew is like existing in a different book. He's not supposed to be there. It's it's so silly. Then we got us. We got to go back to our guy, our favorite person in the circle, Nathan and Frank. Chop it up, and Nathan fully takes a premium, large size, you know school bus <laughs> and backs it up beep 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 right under brew mm. and is like the first thing that brew told me when i got to the circle was watch out for frank because frank sent paul home and we're just like, i mean i don't know about you but i was sitting there looking at my tv like what do what's going on like what, I just what don't are we get doing? nathan's game like, he has so few allies. And I do understand that he's now starting to see that, like, he and Brew are at the bottom. And so he just wants to get a little bit over Brew so that, like, Brew is the next person who's blocked. But that's no way to play a game is to just constantly be second from the bottom. How does that ever <laughs> then land you at the top? The top. Once again, this is classic circle math. These are just numbers, my man. Maybe stop scribbling everybody's name down on your little post-it murder board and start doing a little simple <laughs> equation of how you being second from the bottom in every single vote is ever going to land you at the top. It's it's weird because it's, like you said, it's not a winning strategy. It's a it's third not place mentality. Like, I, like, I just want to, like, you might be there at the end, but you're not going to win. There's no way anybody's going to vote you as the winner. You got to start, like, I don't know, being nice to people, man. Right, and something like, that people frequently say throughout these four episodes is that, like, they realize that they've had multiple conversations with Nathan and they still know almost nothing about him. Like, they just don't, they don't know him, they don't get him. Because he specifically has told us multiple times that he is trying to be a boring and shallow frat guy. So he has achieved his goal. His goal is silly and bad. It's it's so tough. Rachel, Yuling, and Frank... Got to talk about that painting. They need to talk about it. And so they they circle up in a group chat and Yuling reveals the group that she thinks that Nathan did it. You know, I think the flake fur, you know, really like that's the thing that stuck with her. I was like, oh, okay. Because, you know, she was the one who was flirting with Nathan. Yeah. But, you know, to, to their credit, you know, Rachel and Frank are both like, that was, that was gross. Yeah. They both, yeah, I was they glad they were able to have this chat. Like they were the three top people and they note that as the three top people, they all got kind of targeted paintings uh against them. Frank and Yuling's much more targeted than Rachel's. Um and, you know, just glad they got a little time to debrief it. These three are like really genuinely close and so they they, you know, work their way through some feelings. They raise a little suspicion about Nathan. I think they're some of the ones who say that, like, even though they've all they they are like Nathan's uh, alliances, Yuling and Rachel, at least. And they're yeah. both like, yeah, I really don't know who this kid is. <laughs> <laughs> the 22 year old. It's not really deep. smooth. <laughs> yeah, smooth. allegedly. <laughs> I don't know who he is. And yeah, it's just it's something that in that moment you start to at least me. I'm like, oh, it's starting to turn. Everybody's starting to realize like Nathan Ain't really that, ain't really that dude, you know, which I mean, they kind of knew before, but like to the point of like, at this point, it might start to be time for him to pack his bags and get out of here, you know? And, but our guy, Scott is, Scott, he's trying his best. And he, and him and Brew talk, and he's just like, wow, that was, he tells, I mean, he tells Brew like that painting was mean. 
you know, which, you know. Yeah, he says that to Brew, but at the time it came on the screen during the actual game, he said, this is good. I love this because he was happy (sighs) that someone else had done a mean painting. So I don't I don't buy much of this. I mean, maybe he had a little time to reflect and saw that that painting was really intense. But yeah. Yeah, he's just trying to, you know, he's trying to get Brew. He's trying to put his Brew for information. Like, you know, who who made the portraits, you know? Yeah, he asks him, like, pretty aggressively twice who Brew thinks made some of these portraits. And Brew, Brew ain't giving it up. He says, I don't know you and you don't know me. (laughs) He's not trying to give up that info. You know, and Nathan, you know, even the conversation, he feels bad about backstabbing Brew. Not that bad because he's Nathan, like, of course. But, you know, at least an iota of sympathy is, you know, it's not it's not the worst thing. All right. We this is my favorite part of every every season is when we get the message. Oh, this happens every season. This happens every season. OK. And it's it's always it's always beautiful. You got Delisa and the kids talking to to Trevor. It's just like so beautiful. Like, my, like I'm not going to say I cried, but my eyes were getting wet. Oh, well, Jomi, you're in great company to not be embarrassed about crying because one thing I'm always going to do is stay exposing myself on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed about how much I cry at television. From the (laughs) moment the family messages started all the way through the Thanksgiving bit, I was just like a weepy mess. I am always going to cry at a family visit, like even at people I don't necessarily like if they're crying, I'm crying, and everyone was, is crying. <laughs> Trevor so is crying, beautiful. getting to see yeah. Delisa and his kids. Frank's friends are so sweet. Uh, please go back and watch Frank's face while he is talking to his friends. It is like the literal personification of heart eyes. I mean, his little face is glowing with like love for his friends. I was it was really nice to get to see you Ling talk to her family cuz she's like talked mostly jokingly but she's like talked a little bit to the circle fam about like you know her mom like not being proud of her and she's like kind of teasing but then to hear her mom literally say in their message that she's proud of her, how proud her sister and her brother-in-law of her. They talk about how talented she is and I was like, yeah, you Ling is talented. Like she's so multi-talented. Um that it was just it was nice to see <laughs> it was it was great and they all like have a thanksgiving and they frank opens up about his parents his grandmother and losing his grandfather right before coming on the circle and it's just like wow man like all this stuff that you know you know he's dealing with but i'm sure everybody else is you know, sad experience losing a close person. Nathan gets emotional hearing this. Everyone is emotional hearing Frank's story. And it's not just that he's telling this story to tell it. He's telling it to say like how meaningful this experience has been to him and how important each day is and, and how much he's appreciated getting to know them. And then they all kind of share that share that back in return. And this is, I just, I feel a particularly sweet little group of circle participants it's just yeah. been a really a really like kind of emotional season it's great no and we follow up that really emotional you know love fest with a double blocking listen we're all family but somebody's got to get blocked and also someone <laughs> else has to get blocked because it's time for this thing to wrap up <laughs> so here's what we do right this is an interesting one because it's not there's no influencer chat there's no Ooh, I wonder, the last person, the lowest-ranked player, goes home. That's it. That's it. It's over. That's all. If you're at the bottom, if you're seven, see you later. And And so everyone goes into these ratings pretty strategically. Like, they're like, this is the one time where the top doesn't matter, the bottom matters. And so obviously people think about their rankings because it all gets averaged out, but they're mostly thinking about who they put at the bottom. So like maybe in another scenario, Nathan would have ranked Brew at the top or somewhere in the middle, but no, he has decided to fully complete his Brew campaign and he puts him at the very bottom the ratings come out and Brew is blocked. Oh, RIP it? to it's our tough. guy. It's tough. He's got to go. But before he leaves, he's got to see one person. And he sees Nathan. And the, Alex, who plays Nathan, just can't believe it. 
just, just like yeah, sucked out of his mind. Just sucked same. out of his mind. Why did he go? Why? I, I just I thought he was going to go see you, Ling. I mean, I guess he just kind of was out of allies, but I think I would want to use that time to like see someone that I liked, like you, Ling or Frank. I mean, I guess he thought he liked Nathan, but ultimately yes. he goes into Nathan's apartment, not only discovers that Nathan is a catfish, but I guess this is the time when Alex actually wants to be honest. And he tells Brew every mean, brutal thing that he has done <laughs> to lead to Bruce's demise. He spits the whole game plan out. He gives up the entire game. And it's like, I don't want to get noticed. I want to fly under the radar so nobody can target me. And then just attack people and, you know, throw everybody under the bus so nobody trusts anybody. And then hopefully, if I'm there at the end, I can, if we people race strategically, I can some way, some way find my way to the top. It's like my brother in Christ. People have to like you first. Right. You know? <laughs> it doesn't just suddenly turn around at the end from you flying under the radar, being boring, enigmatic, and unknowable. And then it turns into, oh, people are going to give you their votes. It's so nuts. Even Bruce, like, I hate you. But, yeah. you know, in, t- in big, typical Bruce fashion, I like you, man. Bruce, but, Bruce but plays it off well. What does he yeah. say when he, when he, when after he's like learned all the ways that Nathan has betrayed him, when he, when he leaves the room, he's like, Screw you. See you later, man. Yeah, man. Exactly. Just like that. Got a real LOL out of me. <laughs> so for the second half of this double blocking, one top player gets to choose who goes home. Which and they did not know when they did their rankings. No, not even close. That there is going to be guess. a secret, super secret influencer, I believe it was yep. it was called. They will never be, they'll never be revealed. Right. And you'll never guess who was the super secret, super influencer. Our true, our true Mr. Popular. An actual Frank. Mr. Nice Guy, Frank. Number one at the top of the list. So and here's the thing. And I want to ask you this. What, like, How strategically would you go, right? Because we see that he saves Rachel. He saves Imani and he saves you Ling, right? If you're Frank and you're looking at, you know, the last five people, do you just save the last person on the list or do you eliminate the last person on your list or do you eliminate your biggest competition? You eliminate your biggest competition. It's, this is the one time I agree with Nathan that it's like when it's anonymous, why not be brutal? Because in this instance, and he and you hear Frank have that conversation with himself. He's like, I, I, and I thought that he was leaning on the side of being strategic, which to me intimated that he would get rid of one of the top players, which I think would be Rachel Euling or Amani. Like those are the most popular people outside of him. I mean, for him, maybe he's thinking strategically about keeping those votes in for himself as well. But I think Euling is like an extreme, the biggest threat to his game obviously she keeps getting ranked right at the top with him and i was i was not i was not only surprised to see frank keeper i was surprised to see the circle television show expose that frank had kept her that seems like a more reasonable cliffhanger ending to me <laughs> but instead we're left wondering at the end of these episodes going into the finale episode whether frank will choose to save everson or nathan i there's a look, there's a lot of variables to consider between these two, you know. Everson, you know, is bright and funny and, you know, was entertaining and, you know, despite his Yuling drawing, is somebody who, you know, for the most part has great energy. Okay, and, and now what are Nathan. Nathan's positives, Jomi? Tell us tell us about Nathan's positives. Uh well, you know, he's um uh well, you see, the thing about Nathan is he's got that know, good he's, shirt. Um, he's got that good he's shirt. He's got a great shirt. <laughs> there's nothing to say. It's it's a I, it's a no, wild. No, I mean the reason to keep Nathan is that he's a goat. He's been playing a goat's game in to speak in Survivor parlance. Like he's not a threat to Frank's game, and Everson isn't really. But who knows the kind of? But Everson has a you know Everson has a good personality too, and he's he got could a charm really, about him. Yeah, he could really go the distance between now and the end. Probably not. Like Frank's in a pretty good situation, um, but. If yeah, w- we'll see. I, he could go either way, but it what's it seems like he's going the very like 
the very um, honest way, which is just keeping, just kicking out the bottom person, which would yeah. presumably be Nathan. It's, I mean, like, I, I left and I was like, this is where we're leaving it? Like, Nathan, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I would put my house, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the finale. I've got no idea. I would put everything I own that Nathan's going home. Okay. Like, I will take that bet. Jomi and I, <laughs> Jomi and I will trade houses like classic films, The Holiday. I'll come to California and he'll come to North Carolina if if Nathan Listen, is not voted out. Do I get to do I get to fall in love with you know uh, Cameron Diaz? Because I'll yeah, do it. she lives here. I'll do it. Yeah, just say when. Okay. I'll get my ticket right now. I'll tell you when when uh when Frank doesn't choose Nathan. We set ourselves <laughs> up. Now I'm really excited about our house switch. <laughs> and there's no chance it's not gonna be Nathan. But we'll have to wait me. and see. This finale's coming quick. The finale's next week. Ah Jody, thank you. Thanks again for joining me. I love talking to the circle with you. And I can't believe we're already at the end. We're already at the finish line. Domi, I am not ready to see this end with you, but we got to find a winner. We got to expose one final catfish. We do. I, I can't wait to finish this season with you. I'll see you next week. Thank you to our producers, Sasha Mack, Chelsea Stark-Jones, and Devin Manzi for producing this pod. As always, you can read everything Jody writes on TheRigger.com, and you can listen to me on the Ring of Verse every week, including our brand new show with me and my great friend Steve Allman called Mint Edition. Check that out on the Ring of Verse feed. Come back to the Ring of Reality TV podcast next Sunday, where we will be discussing the Circle Season 4 finale. What? Ain't that something? This feed, the Ring of Reality TV podcast, is also home to our Survivor podcast with Tyson Apostle, our Challenge podcast with Johnny Bananas, and a brand new podcast focused entirely on the world of Bravo, Morally Corrupt with Rachel Lindsay. Thank you, as always, for listening. Circle, leave group chat. Circle, leave group chat. Circle, leave group chat.